This is an Equity Mates Media podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Talk money to me. Welcome to Talk Money to Me. I'm Candace Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas. And this is your Need to Know Wealth podcast where we make the complex simple. Talk Money to Me is a podcast designed to help educate you on all aspects of your financial landscape, where we draw on our extensive expertise and experience in wealth management and capital markets. Today is our Autopad episode. So stop whatever you're doing and pay attention as we're going to reveal two very exciting stocks that we're following at the moment. Now, before we jump into today, episode you guys know the drill here comes our financial disclaimer Alrighty, even though we are registered financial advisors please note this podcast and the content discussed does not constitute as financial advice nor is it a financial product the content on this podcast is general in nature and you should seek appropriate professional advice before making any financial decisions So today, all the companies that we're going to be discussing on our show are offered in good faith based on the facts known at the time and do not contain all the relevant information in respect to the financial products to which they relate. So essentially, guys, don't take this podcast as personal advice. So in case you missed last week's Autopad episode, I spoke about an Aussie retailer business, Dust Group, and Felicity, you were super bullish on an Aussie tech company, Nitro. So as promised, we've been tracking our stock picks closely. So let's just quickly check in and see how these companies have gone. Drum roll. Drum roll, (laughs) radio, here we go. Most anticipating here. So in first place so far... (laughs) We've only got two spots. We've got Nitro. You pitched at Felicity at $3.25 and now it's trading around $3.77. So performance so far, 16%. Well done. And then closely behind in this two horse race is Dusk, which I pitched at 320 and it's now 303. So I'm down slightly about 5%. All right. So I'm winning. Yeah, that's right. Two horse race. So far. We're going to add two more horses though. First and second. (laughs) Now, we don't usually like to check our stocks and portfolio performance that regularly. In fact, we always say check back in six months time or even honestly in a 12 monthly basis. The less you play around with your portfolio, the better. However, in the fun and competitive spirit of our Autopad stock picks, we do want to touch base every now and then, especially when I'm winning. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and nothing beats that feeling of getting a stock right in the first you know, couple of weeks or even hours after you first purchase. So today we've got another chance to add two more brilliant companies to our Autopad. Felicity, you go first. What stock have you brought to this week's Autopad? Okay, so mine is a company that you probably haven't heard of. It's called Tesserant. The code is TNT, and no, it's not that big shipping company. 
tesserin. That's a lot to get your mouth around. So what does TNT do? Well, Tesserin provides full-service, enterprise-grade cybersecurity and networking solutions targeted at mid-market enterprise and government customers across Australia via its 350-plus security engineers. The company's Cyber360 strategy delivers integrated solutions covering identification, protection and 24-7 monitoring against cybersecurity threats. It was also founded in 2015, so it's a fairly new company as well, headquartered in Box Hill in Australia. It listed on the ASX back in February 2016 and has reached highs of 44 cents. But the company's really had a massive revamp recently. It's a microcap company and it only has 253 million market cap. So super small. Which is right up your alley, right? High growth, super small microcap. I definitely do love that. Look, I believe TNT is a buy for the Autopad and a company that we've only recently initiated coverage. So yes, I've got a buy. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> <laughs> typical typical high typical growth buy. That's it. Probably will never have a sell. Now, the reason why I believe this company is now a buy is, as I mentioned, the recent revamp. They've spent the last two years and $125 million in acquiring several smaller firms in the highly fragmented domestic cybersecurity market. Now, TNT is now one of the leading players in Australia with a particularly strong presence in the government space. Actually, it's probably the largest player in the federal government market, which is pretty exciting uh, considering all of the cybersecurity threats we do face, especially in this day and age. Now, the company has long-term tailwinds in the cybersecurity sector, so $29 billion potential economic impact on Australian SMEs with cybersecurity threats. The Australian market will be worth $7.6 billion by 2024, which is an 8% CAGR, and Australian enterprise spend will be $4.9 billion in 2021 which again, 8%. Yeah, that's super interesting. And I think also like every day now I'm getting probably a scam or an attack on my email or phone. So it's definitely an interesting space to watch. And what are your key highlights for TNT? Well, they recently completed a 20 million placement to fund their future acquisitions because they've got a really strong pipeline. The placement was at a price of 21 cents, which I know was heavily oversubscribed. Now, the key highlights that I want to go through with you today is the company's core strategy, which is the Cyber 360, which to me is an Australian digital revolution. Look, these acquisitions have allowed TNT to build out its end-to-end full-service offering, mark Marketed as Cyber360, which actually allows the company to provide clients with high margin mission critical services. Now, these services cover the entire range of cybersecurity risk requirements, your whole basement to boardroom, and the approach ensures clients receive an optimal level of security at a satisfactory return on investment. So, the second one. Like I mentioned, TNT is the largest Australian provider of cybersecurity services to the federal government. And the company's stated mission is to be the sovereign cybersecurity provider of choice for the protection of Australian and New Zealand digital assets. We've got confidence in the management team's ability to meet this goal and note the inherent competitive strength of a leading Australian cybersecurity player providing these services to Australian governments versus your offshore competitors. We see this dynamic 
pandemic, driving strong revenue growth at high margins across the forecasted period with the added backing of stable long-term contracts. And my third highlight that I just want to go through, cyber risks are not only becoming increasingly prevalent, but also more recognised as critical issues for business groups and governments. Like you said, people are always trying to hack your computer, hack your email, hack your phone. You know, state-based cyber campaigns, ransomware attacks that take out critical infrastructure, for example, pipelines, and various forms of fraud are receiving increasing media attention as the world continues to digitise especially in COVID. Now, governments, including Australia, are responding to with significant increase in focus and funding in order to limit potentially enormous economic impacts. And look, it's the only pure play cybersecurity firm listed on the ASX. So this is why I believe it's an ideal play for domestic investors looking for exposure in this thematic. They've also had pretty great results. The recent Q4 21 result confirming the clear step change in both revenue and positive earnings. Positive earnings. We love that. All right. So give us a few of your key takeaways from the recent highlights. You don't usually have positive earnings in this micro cap space, do you? I know. So that's a gem. (laughs) Yeah, it's a hidden gem. Um, So TNT's strategic shift over the past two years has really transformed the company. I know I've said this before, but I'm just going to reiterate it. You know, with financial upside starting to come through and don't believe the market has priced this in. So the company is EBITDA profitable. So FY22 is forecasting 17.9 million or 13.4 times. It's also cash flow positive. So FY22, 7 mil and appropriately levered to execute on further accretive acquisitions as they arrive after this placement. Look, PE is high at 30.8, but that's because it's still a relatively new company with its recent strategic revamp. So it's high, high, high growth. It has impressive and strong FY21 financial performance with turnover of 96.7 million. So that's 370% versus PCP. The operational EBITDA of 9.6 million versus FY20, it was $2.1 million loss. So they've really turned it around in the last year. And now it's got an EBITDA annual run rate of 16 million as of Q4 FY20. And lastly, they're doing a lot of strategic acquisitions, which they usually pay a multiple of between five to six times EBITDA. So, you know, they're really, really building out strategic capabilities, a larger footprint, organic growth, and looking at cross-sell opportunities as well. And so what about the future outlook for TNT and maybe touch on some of the risks you see because cybersecurity is obviously very hot, but there's regulationary risk involved as well. So TNT's core strategy is to continue integrating these businesses under the Tesserant brand. So build on the strong organic growth by targeting high value customers with high margin services, in particular in the government space. And they're going to execute on further strategic acquisitions as they arise. They've got probably four key risks that I'll go through. So acquisition integration. So a lot of their earnings in the last year have been from these acquisitions. So if these companies are not successfully integrated, those earnings could be at risk. Key management, the the strategic shift of the company over the past two years has been driven by a small group of people. And we believe the continued success of the company's strategy remains highly dependent on their continued involvement. Then you've got your competition risk. So while we believe TNT has 
as a high quality differentiated offering, there is, of course, the potential for increased competition in the form of either domestic or international peers. And then the fourth, which I think is important, is reputational. So if clients of TNT are exposed to negative cybersecurity outcomes, TNT's ability to retain existing clients and win new clients could be impacted. Yeah, no, definitely. And what about risks around valuation? You know, where do you see ultimately the share price moving to? So ultimately, TNT offers investors high quality exposure to a key thematic at a reasonable price, with our conservative forecast indicating the stock is too cheap relative to peers, you know, a 20% discount, in particular given the recent earnings growth outlook. So our 12-month price target is 31 cents. I can't give you the consensus as no other brokers have picked up this hidden gem, which is good for our listeners, and upside from its current levels of around 23 cents is 35 So that's why I think Tesserin is a buy. Now, I'm going to predict you're bringing another buy recommendation to this week's episode. Am I right? Yes, I'm also in the buy camp today. Um, But my company's also probably one you've not heard of or not maybe as familiar with. I'm going global for this stock this week. And I'm also going big given the fact that the stock has a market cap of $38 So just a tad teensy weensy bit bigger than Felicity's TNT market cap of $250 (laughs) Definitely. That sounds like a mega cap. But before we hear Candice's stock pitch, we're going to hear from our sponsors. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, Candace, don't keep us waiting any longer. What investment idea are you bringing to our Autopad this week? Okay, so I'm pitching a bank today. And trust me, just hold out. It's not going to be a boring bank. I was about to say snooze. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it's not a snooze. Don't worry. Um, It's a company that you've probably not heard of before, despite the fact that it's the largest commercial bank, which is focused on financing and supporting the innovation economy. So this bank that I'm talking about is in leading position, really, as it's fast growing and is totally differentiated from its peers, in my opinion. It's primarily lending to the tech, life sciences, private equity, and venture capitalist segments of the US economy. So my company is CVB Financial Group, and it has the best loan growth amongst all of the US banks and is super impressive with this asset-sensitive balance sheet. So when you say the bank lends to the innovation economy, what do you mean by that? So CVB Financial Group lends to the PEVC investors, like I mentioned, and primarily to the tech-based emerging growth companies directly. So essentially, the bank is where the likes of Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos go to hang out, grab a coffee, you know, discuss their new big tech idea, and it's where they get their funding to get the ground up and running. Oh, wow. That's cool. 
Yeah, so it's very different, not a snooze bank. So the bank dominates this segment and it's part of the lending market, which has really been so successful as a depositor, as it's really pioneered the use of the off-balance sheet funding. So it's recent acquisition of Leerink Swan, which is actually a um, healthcare banking boutique business. And this actually places um, CVB in now the prime position to be the advisory and capital markets for the business. CVB is headquartered in the US, obviously, by the CEO, Greg Becker, who joined the bank in 1993. So if I've got your interest, the code for you to look up on your Bloomberg app is CIVB on the NASDAQ. And as mentioned, it's a large cap or a mega cap in the US, given it's a 38 billion market cap. So it's definitely not like your majors. So not like your Goldman Sachs, not like... Citigroup or CBA. Bank of America. Yeah. And in fact, it's probably the polar opposite to those banks. And in particular, you know, to our Aussie listeners, it's the polar opposite to the Aussie banks. As this bank doesn't pay any dividend, which investors in the Australian financial markets are really used to. In terms of similarities, though, CVB has a capital T1 ratio of 12.6%. And, you know, compare that to a lot of the Aussie banks that we're familiar with, that sits around 11%. So they've got high cash and um, a very strong balance sheet really is what that's indicating. That sounds good. And unlike other financial institutions, CVB is no normal bank in the fact that it's not really at the mercy of the economy and the short-term interest rates. We're hearing a lot about inflation at the moment that's coming across our desk with all the macroeconomics. And really the position that this PE bank is sitting at is not really going to be impacted if inflation does move too quickly. So that's the reason why, or one of the reasons why I like this um, business in the fact that it's super niche and it really caters to the disruptive companies and, and disruptive tech really. In fact, CVB, if you go on their website, it actually boasts about having 50% of all the venture capital backed businesses in the US as their clients, as well as 68% of the venture capitalist backed businesses that went public in 2020. So, you know, CVB as a business really has equity or stakes in these companies that they're investing and lending to at the early stage disruptive um, outset. And, you know, if listening to our last couple of episodes, we've been talking a lot about this space. So the bank is primarily one of the major lenders to these really cool disruptive businesses that are trying to get an early start. And so if you've heard of the term SPACs, which stands for special acquisition companies, this bank is heavily involved with the financing and really finding the next big IPO, which focus on disruptive tech companies. Oh, my favorite. So what about recent company highlights? What caught your eye there? And I mean, how did the results compare versus expectations? Well, to start off with, the operating EPS or earnings per share guidance of $9.33 was significantly above our expectations down at $6.38 and the consensus around $6.42. So beat there. In fact, the company's EPS growth is sitting around 35 times, which is just killing it against the peers like you've mentioned. JP Morgan, I think, is about 13 times EPS growth. So revenues were also way above expectations, $862 million versus $568 million. So 862 versus what the market was expecting, 568 million. I'm just going to let that sink in. Driven by, again, a super massive, robust quarter in earnings. When you look at a bank, you look at their metrics like what was the loans and the average loans was up 7.6%. Cash was up 15.9%. And the security balances surging again, 35%. 
So this is really an impressive balance sheet that I'm looking at. This is a really impressive net interest margin bank, which is another metric that you look at for any financial. And in fact, the net interest margin income or NIM or NIM, they say in the industry, was also a beat, $728 million versus $712. So really on all traditional banking metrics, the company's results was a solid beat against expectations. So overall, if you're a shareholder in CVB like me, you should be super happy with these results. And we've seen the market respond accordingly. I think it's up about 21% in the past quarter or so in the share price. And what about the company's outlook? Has guidance changed? So the full FY21 for their loans has really seen no change to the mid-30s growth. That's good. Net interest margin or the NIM has slightly increased from 2% margin to 2.1 spread, now sitting at 2.1% to 2.2%. And the net interest income also remains the same along with the core fees and expenses. The Boston private segment of the business will add about 10 basis points to the overall loan growth, which will also add some more NIM to the core growth too. Wait, so what's the um, Boston private segment? That's the business that they bought, which is their PE lender. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. But it's also, like with any stock pick, right, it's also important to note the few risks associated with any business. For the bank, I can see the following risks as being a change in the economic environment, which is one you really got to closely watch with a bank, you know, driving industry-wide changes and shifts in the loan demand. Secondly, change in the competitive environment for deposits. Anyone coming in and changing the rules, so regulatory risks will really impact revenue. A massive change in interest rates, like the Fed moving too quickly over there or a material change in credit trends. Yeah, and I think just to add on this, you did say economic environment and shift. I mean, you know, SPACs were so hot last year and the year before. What happens if SPACs are no longer hot? Yeah, that's right. That's definitely another risk. And I think it's important to note with SPACs, they're given about, a, I think, about a 12 to max 24-month run rate. Mm. So they get given a loaded gun, so to speak, of cash. They've got to find the next big idea and they've got to list it. So if you've run out of great ideas, then your SPAC market will dry up and your IPO market will dry up. So that will impact, obviously, lending side of things too. 100%. All right. That sounds really exciting. Now, this is what everyone's been waiting for. How about the valuation? Where do you see the share price moving in the next 12 months or the next one week? Well, it would be great to be up a thousand percent by next week, but that's a little bit unrealistic. (laughs) But as a disruptive company, and it's on the path to continue making these headways I've mentioned, I think it's going to benefit greatly from their strong banking balance sheets and the stakes that they're taking in these businesses. So in terms of metrics, before I answer your question, just going to shout out to a couple of my favorite metrics that the company is showing me. Mm-hmm. Market cap of $38 billion, like we know, net income of $1.86 billion, revenue of $2.5 billion, low levels of debt, 11% equity to debt ratio. That's super impressive for a bank. Mm. High tier one cash ratio, like we know, of 12.9. Super profitable business, the margin of 72%. ROE of 22%. ROI, 17%. And if you weren't excited, this stat will make you excited. EPS growth predicted for 2022, expected to be 28.34%. Let's round it up to 30% because nobody likes those funny numbers. So essentially, translation... The most bullish share price valuation I can see is $841 per share price, which is about a 30% upside. 
That's why I said, let's round it up to 30% because that pretty much matches my EPS forecast that I can see for the company. And the stock currently is trading on 18 times PE. So that's indicating that the stock's super cheap at the current levels, given the forecast guidance. And obviously, we need to look at the most average consensus out there. There's about 37 analysts that cover this US bank. So the average call sitting around 750 share price, which gives conservative upside of 15%. But let's go for the 30%. Fantastic. And what is it trading at at the moment? So right now, you can buy the stock at around 675 US per share. But as of the close of the 28th, it was up nearly 4% overnight. So that's a wrap on why I like CVB Financial Group, and I think it deserves a nice spot on our Autopad. Fantastic. I'm excited. This Autopad's going to be really, really, really awesome. So far, it's got four buys <laughs> and hopefully skyrocketing the next time we catch up with you. But before we say goodbye, we've had a few great questions this week come in through our listener mailbag. So firstly, from Georgia, she wanted to know more about the different investing platforms, Comsec versus smaller ones like Superhero. Thanks, Georgia, for your great question. We could honestly talk about this topic for ages, about which brokers to start, how do you start investing and stuff like that. But our friends, Bryce and Alec over at Get Started Investing have actually already done this topic in their own mini series. So we'll link the episodes in our show notes or visit equitymates.com for more information. And we've also got one from Will in regards to cryptocurrency as to whether it should have a spot in your portfolio. This requires a whole need to know episode. So we will definitely look to address this before the end of the year. Now, please remember, although we, Candice and I are financial advisors, please note our discussion today does not constitute as personal financial advice. As always, you should seek professional financial advice before making any financial or investment decisions. Feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email which is displayed in our show notes below. And if you're not already, jump onto Instagram, give us a like, follow us there and keep those ratings coming through, especially those five-star ones. We like those. Until next time. Abiento. Talk Money to Me is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Talk Money to Me are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the EquityMates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, EquityMates Media and the hosts of Talk Money to Me acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.